Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. Welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the podcast where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And we are here to recap the June 25th, 2022 game between the Chicago White Sox and the Baltimore Orioles at Guaranteed Rate Field, uh, scheduled for 110 but delayed by rain until about 2.30. Uh, it was our very first White Sox day game, and I think it was also our very first bobblehead game as well so a couple of firsts and uh, the big yeah first time seeing the orioles as well and first time seeing the orioles yeah so a lot of firsts here uh i think the big question was would white Sox fans be more well behaved during the day or are they are they like (laughs) werewolves uh do they you know just do do they go crazy when the moon comes out uh yeah the answer folks what do you think what do you think uh but we'll get we'll get to that later uh it's episode number 167 uh, Jeremy, what is uh, who's your one sixty seven guy? Well, Jack, I I think there's an out, outside chance we might have the same guy here, but um, uh, my one sixty seven guy is Brett Saberhagen. No, I don't. I don't have him. Okay, cool. I think I might know who you have then, so that's good. Um, so yeah, I mean, actually, there was a lot of good guys uh, to pick from. Um, I'll wait to to bring those up until you pick your guy. But uh, I went with Brett Saberhagen, um, a guy who is, you know, I guess, would, would you consider him of your time, Jack? Like, do you remember uh, Brett Saberhagen? Yeah, I, I remember him uh, fairly well. He was probably towards the, uh, he was at the tail end of his career when I started watching. Um, mm-hmm. I think his best years were behind him. But uh, yeah, I remember him in the mid-90s, sure. Okay, yeah. I, um, uh, you know, I remember him pretty well. Um, I definitely, you know, ha- have the um, <clears throat> remembrance, remembrance of him uh, as like uh, a top pitcher in the American League. Um, at the time, uh, so so yeah, his um, you know he pitched from '84 to 2001, which is way longer kind of than I feel like his career <laughs> lasted. But his um, his uh, you know his his prime years came with the Royals at the beginning of his career. So from '84, which is his age 20 season, to '91, his age 27 season, um, he pitched for the the Royals. As a Royal, his uh, record, his stats are 110 wins, 78 losses, 321 ERA, um, and he also won two Cy Youngs, which is pretty good, um, two All-Star appearances, I guess three All-Star appearances, um, and uh, a gold glove, um, like really dominant uh, many years for the uh, the Royals. In 89, he was 23-6 and six with a 216 ERA and 12 complete games. Um, that's pretty amazing. Um, he would go on to pitch for the uh, Mets, where he like had a pretty pretty decent run as well. Uh, and he went to Colorado for some godforsaken reason, um, and then probably faked an injury for a year uh, to, to probably get out of that contract. And he ended his career with the uh, the Red Sox. Um, but uh, but yeah, career three thirty four uh, ERA, one hundred sixty seven wins, of course. Um, and, uh, let's see, uh, was the world series MVP, um, for the, uh, would that be the 85 Royals? I think, right. Um, hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, yes. I think yes, so. It is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Um, <clears throat> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I would say that Brett Saberhagen was probably two or three good seasons away from being a hall of fame pitcher. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, he was definitely on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's I guess just I wonder I wonder if there's there doesn't seem to be any clamoring for for Brett Saberhagen like Hall of Fame run like there is for like even like a Johan Santana I feel like has a has like a following for the Hall of Fame, but uh, I don't know. I guess people just forgot about Brett Saberhagen. Um, you know, he kind of um, <clears throat> honestly he had like two good years at the end with the uh, with the Red Sox. Um, decent years. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to put into context, like the, like the feelings of his, like of the end of his career. But, uh, but yeah, he definitely was like on a, on a hall of fame trajectory, I would say. Uh, do they, do they say anywhere on baseball reference, how long a guy stays on the hall of fame ballot? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I don't think so. Interesting. Um, yeah, you know, who, kn- who knows, Jeremy? Maybe we can be the ones who, who take up his case for the Hall of Fame. It, se- it seems there's always, like, one one reporter who will, like, you know, uh, make a sweetheart case for a guy, and then it just builds over a number of years. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's from the suburbs of Chicago, which is yeah. interesting. I don't know how long he actually lived there, because it says he went to high school in Reseda, California. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, he is from here, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I know. That is interesting. I, I couldn't, like, really... Like, <clears throat> as a little kid, like, the name Brett Saberhagen sounds just like a cool dude name. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I, could, I can't... I never really had a, a grasp on where he, like... Like, what part of the country he was from. Um, he... Uh, he had like a mullet, like like as as many players did in the '90s. So mm-hmm. I thought maybe he was like a southern guy, but um, I mean Chicago and uh, Reseda, California, which uh, I think is uh, I think is where the Karate Kid moved to, also when he moved to California. Really? So I think so. I think he's like oh, I'm from Reseda. Like I feel like that's 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 ringing in my head. So nice. Um, so yeah, but uh, but yeah, so I I don't know. I, it's hard to. It's still kind of hard to put him into to perspective. I think he like coached or. Um, I don't think he's currently a coach, but I'm pretty sure he was a coach at some point, maybe for the D-backs or something. But uh-huh. um, yeah, like I think he he was around baseball for a little bit after his career. Um, uh, yeah, I should probably look that up. But what I was going to mention was like uh, that year that he did win the um M- World Series MVP. Um, he was two and zero um in two starts in that series um with a 0-5-0 ERA, so um half a run ERA, um, and, uh, yeah, pretty dominant. Uh, Actually, he, both of those wins were complete games and one was a shutout. So, I mean, yeah, give that guy the the MVP, man. Yeah. Um, you know, I I feel like they say a guy wins three Cy Young awards. Um, he's basically a lock for the hall. Uh, Saberhagen won two and he finished third in in the strike short in 94 season. Um, yeah, that career three thirty four ERA, uh, that, that, that looks pretty low. I mean, that, that's, that's lower than just about anybody, uh, you know, of the last 10 or 15 years has had, save for maybe like four or five guys in the league, like, you know, maybe Max Scherzer or, you know, guys like that. So, yeah, he, he's definitely a, uh, a you know, a frontline pitcher in any era. Yeah. Uh, you got to wonder, um, you know, what, what happened there, like with his, um, like, I, I bet he, I, I don't even remember if he was like, you know, stayed on the ballot for multiple years. He could have been one and done, but. Um, yeah. And, and you also got to wonder about the Rockies too. It seems like they acquired him in a trade. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Let me try to get to his transactions here really quick to see that. Um, traded by the Royals with Bill Pakoda to the, Oh, that's the Mets. Um, 
Traded by the Mets with a player to be named later to the Rockies for Arnie Gooch <laughs> Juan and Juan Acevedo. The Mets sent Dave Swanson to the Rockies to complete the trade. Well, that's completely un, un- noteworthy of a trade, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Interesting situation. Yeah, well, that that's a that's a good pick, Jeremy. Um, uh, good callback for Brett Saberhagen. Seems like it was a, a salary dump for the Mets. They were under five hundred that year. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's a good one. Uh, my guy, uh, I wonder if I wonder if this is the guy you thought I was going to pick is Charles Johnson. Oh, okay. No, that wasn't who I thought, but uh, there was a lot to to choose from. There was, uh, there truly was. Uh, I, well, yeah, Charles Johnson. I, I always liked him when I was a kid. You remember him? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I remember. So he he's kind of an interesting guy. Uh, if you look at his just like his draft history, he was drafted in the first round by the Expos in '89. He was drafted 10th overall out of high school uh, in Florida. And uh, for whatever reason, he didn't sign. Maybe he just didn't want to sign with the Expos. I don't know. Um, but then the Marlins picked him uh, three years later in 92 in the first round in the 28th uh, spot in the draft, um, which I guess if he was from Florida, maybe that was a you know a better spot for him. Uh, he went to the University of Miami. But, uh, yeah, that was an interesting case of a guy who was picked super high. I mean, he was picked 10th overall. And he uh, he chose to stay and, and go to college, and then his, his draft stock dropped. Um, I guess, you know, he didn't have to play for the Expos, but he did have to play for the Marlins, uh, which kind of sucks. I, one, so one thing I never knew about Charles Johnson is that he was he's the cousin of Fred McGriff, which is, oh. uh, which is weird. Did you know that? No, I did. I don't. I do not recall that. No. Yeah, that was uh, so. That's odd. Um, but the, what I remember most about Charles Johnson is that he was a, a really good uh, defensive catcher. He made a couple All Star teams. But I remember uh, seeing an interview with uh, him where he said uh, that, like, when he was a kid, his dad would, um, you know, take him to go. Uh, you know, he his dad like raised him to be a catcher, and he would throw. Uh, his dad would throw balls in the dirt at him. And if he blocked every single ball, uh, his dad would take him to go get a Big Mac. And he liked Big Macs. <laughs> he liked Big Macs so much that he always wanted to block every ball. So I was like, that always that always stuck with me. And I was like, man, if I you know if I do well at something, I should like you know I should get get myself some fast food or something. I, yep. It didn't you know it, that that creates a vicious you know a, a vicious <laughs> cycle for someone who's not a, a professional athlete and getting lots and lots of exercise. So. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, that I mean, I must have seen that interview 25 years ago, um, if not more. And it, hey, it, you know, it stuck with me. I I recall that that fact now, Jack. Now that you're mentioning it, um, I I personally would have probably opted for a quarter pounder over a Big Mac. But um, but yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, I do recall that that story for sure. Um, yeah, he uh, he also played like half of a season with the White Sox, uh, which that's just like a classic White Sox pickup to like pick up a guy who was at the tail end of his career charles johnson played from 94 to 2005 so the white Sox picked him up in 2000 uh when his uh, his best years were behind him uh, he actually he actually had good good numbers for the Sox during his uh his run with them and he, he made an all-star team the next year but uh it, it's definitely a very white Sox pickup to to get a guy just after his prime um, yeah, you but know, yeah, I'm, I, I'm looking at this and like it says um he was traded by the orioles with harold baines to the White Sox, and um, I'm like, <laughs> I bet that that trade was more about Harold Baines at that point, who was probably like 42 years old. It's probably more about Harold Baines than it was for than than Charles Johnson. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, Jerry. Speaking of the Hall of Fame, Jerry Reinsdorf is basically the guy who got Harold Baines into the Hall of Fame. 
Right. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, I always liked Charles Johnson. Didn't know that he ended his career with the Diamond, with oh, not the Diamondbacks, the Devil Rays, which uh, seems like mm-hmm. a little anticlimactic. Um, but he played 19 games with them in 2005, and then he just uh, he just called it quits after that. Uh, also, it looks like he was represented by Scott Boris. Um, he made yeah. almost 50 50 million dollars in his career, so uh, he he did did well for himself. It's funny though because that's like you know he would be making that he would have signed that like in like a you know I don't even know like a three year contract or something. No, I, I was gonna but. say that's basically what the White Sox gave Yasmani Grandal. Yeah, yeah, um, that's uh, yeah, that's 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 kind of crazy. But I mean, you know, it, it was a while, it was a long time ago. But um, but yeah, uh, well, Jack. By the way, um, Harold Baines was forty one during that trade. <laughs> so there, there you go. I mean, the 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 uh the Orioles were probably like annoyed that they had to like fill out paperwork for Harold Baines like for that trade like guys can't you just like you know like can you make this easy on us and just take Johnson Charles Johnson and they're like nope we got we need Baines back as well so <laughs> um yeah interesting but yeah that's that's a that's a good one Jack um there were there were you know like I said there were a lot of I mean so Chris Bryant was on that list um yep. uh, Ben Zobrist was on that list I believe. Um, Christian Yelich was on that list. One guy who stood out to me who I almost picked was Casey Blake. Um, sure. I'm like, Casey Blake had 167 home runs in his career. And then you look at his, I looked at his stats and I'm like, this guy, uh, based on his stats, he sh- there should be a red flag up for that guy. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. yeah, I, I agree. He, uh, he peaked, he peaked a couple years, uh, and then he went right back down. Yeah, and he like he did he had no offensive output for the beginning of his career, and then like all of a sudden he had like he was hitting like twenty thirty homers a year. So, not sure what's up with that, but um, he was also playing with Manny Ramirez, I think, uh, in Cleveland. So, um, so yeah, who knows? Um, <clears throat> but uh, but yeah, anyway. Um, so yeah, Charles Johnson, that's a good one, Jack. Um, yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah. yeah, there were there were a lot of guys, but uh, had to, had to go with him, player from my player from my childhood. Um, yeah. Very so nice. uh, shall we get to the game? Yeah, sure. I should. Oh well, no, I got some. We got some uh, notes notes to take care of uh, before the game here. Um, first thing I, I should say is like when we do launch. Well, this next thing is going to uh, to probably reflect. Uh, my feelings, but I'm 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 in a I'm in a bad mood right now, Jack. I, I actually warned uh, Jack about this beforehand, but um, I'm a I'm like a fantasy baseball victim. Uh, like the, the annoying like little statistic uh, things that happen in fantasy baseball for anyone who plays. Um, I w- I basically came into the game winning, and because of a um, a uh, AJ Minter and a Corey Knable hold uh, holds by the both of them. I'm going to end up losing my fantasy game, so I'm pretty pissed about that, and it's going to hurt my my playoff chances. So I'm in a foul mood about that. Um, and then I uh, was doing some searching. I was uh, doing some uh, some surfing uh, on some like Cubs sites or whatever, and I found this stupid article from yesterday by Gordon Whitmire. Talking about um, the 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 headline is Cubs have ninety nine problems and Hayward ain't one. Um, now, Jack, I recall like we talked about a, a Gordon Whitmire article earlier this season. I think um, I'm not sure we if did. you recall. I, I it do. Was was it, was it about Hayward? I can't yeah, remember. it was. I, I remember reading the article. Yeah, like so. I don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast or not. I think we did, mm-hmm. but I don't know what this guy has for Hayward. It's like you know reporters sometimes like get in like with players and like 
it's pretty obvious that they're like, you know, like protecting the players or whatever. And it's like, I don't know why Gordon Widmeyer is like chained himself to, to Jason Hayward, but it's absolutely ridiculous. This article is, is just complete nonsense. He, he basically is talking about like that, that like, yeah, there's people clamoring for Hayward to be released and everything. And, and he's like, well, Hayward isn't the problem. And it, it, it's, it's fucking insane. Like, so I'm just going to like pick at a couple of these excerpts here. Um, he says here, Hayward's contract isn't even the worst Cubs contract in the last five years. And then he mentions, uh, the Tyler chat, uh, Chatwood contract, um, which was three years. Like, I mean, you can't compare a three-year contract to, to Hayward's contract. I don't even remember what Hayward's, how long Hayward's contract initially was. What was it for seven years? Uh, it might have been for. Was it for eight? Cause eight you, yeah. You figure twenty sixteen through twenty twenty three, which I think next year is his last year on the deal, right? So I think it was an eight year deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you, I mean, you can't. It's a. I mean, it's stupid. I, I'm not even going to waste my breath saying why that's a stupid thing. He also says you Darvish's six year one hundred twenty six million dollar deal arguably was worse than Hayward's too, um, even though like Darvish like like. I mean, he he salvaged that contract, but the Cubs also traded that contract, and they got mm-hmm. like a slew of prospects for him. So again, a stupid argument. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, let's see, yeah, it was an eight-year contract. Um, so he says, um, but he's not the problem for the Cubs. He doesn't even make the list of top five problems. So here's the thing: is like, um, no one is saying that if the Cubs got rid of Hayward, they would like somehow magically contend so like it's a fucking idiotic point um and and it completely like negates the fact that like oh maybe if the cubs didn't like um put all that money into hayward they maybe would have been able to sign at least maybe one of rizzo bryant or Baez. so that is a point to be considered and argued in this conversation doesn't mention that at all uh completely like willfully ignorant of that um and so he goes on to say um so he he talks about whatever like just just stupid points but then he goes like uh second fast forward to now when detractors are howling for hayward and the sunk cost of what's left on his contract to be jettisoned so that younger players or just other players can be used instead And then he goes, he says, what other players? Rookie Nelson Velasquez started Saturday, had two hits, and will play more as his performance and the matchups present chances to succeed. Uh, He is also a career strikeout problem that suggests a free run to play every day might not be the best approach right away. Top prospect, uh, Brennan Davis is hurt. Free agent right fielder, Seiya Suzuki, is on the injured list and probably starting a rehab assignment at Iowa next week. Uh, Hayward's place on the roster isn't creating a 40-man jam right now and until Suzuki returns from the IL his playing time isn't costing anyone else uh obviously when those factors change again the Cubs might have decisions to face like first of all how do you how do you like ignore that point like that's the that's the point is like when Suzuki comes back they need to make they need to get rid of him okay so that's like that's the point that everyone's pretty much saying but um if these players are not playing every day, that's why Hayward needs to be gone. It's not just like, oh, he played yesterday. Like that's the that's the problem, you idiot. Um, Jack, would you say that Clint Frazier is a good player? No. Yeah, he's. I agree, he's not. But he should still be playing over Hayward because maybe he might. Maybe something might click for him, 
and it might be like e- e- even if you 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 can establish him as like a fourth outfielder, it's still useful for him to play over Hayward. So that's the thing. But like just ignoring that fact completely. Uh, and then he goes, um, but how many Cubs on this roster right now, the 40-man roster, can be counted on as pieces for the Cubs' next playoff team? Go ahead, name 10. Like, name 10? <laughs> like, what do you, like, what? Name 10? Why don't you name, tw- like, why don't you name 25? Like, what What do you mean 10? It doesn't matter. If it's one, it's, it, it makes, it, it like, it, it's, it, the point is, is proven. It, it, this is a fucking stupid article. This guy's a fucking idiot. And, like, it's just... Yeah, it's just an absurd like article that it doesn't honest, honestly deserve anyone talking about because it's it it seems like it's just bullshit to like get people to read and to like react to uh, which I'm doing but you know they caught me at a bad time with this this fantasy baseball loss uh, pending loss so uh, I just wanted to bring it up and it's just it's just absurd like why anyone be, would be beating the drum for Hayward at this point is just absurd and tone deaf it's like. Why would you not start like? Why would you not start Hay- uh, Frazier over Hayward? Like they they released Frazier, um, and so like they talked about like the logjam. That was the that was the logjam. It's like they they got rid of uh, Frazier because they they stuck with Hayward, um, and it's hard to argue that for a team in this situation it makes sense to do that. Yeah, Frazier has has given no indication that he's like uh like gonna turn into anything at this point but like even still even if like the guy is still playing and like can stand on two feet he's worth giving a shot over Hayward at this point so it's just it's ridiculous and to put this into context of the fact that they they brought up David Bodie at this point it's fucking ridiculous so the whole thing is just stupid and like I, I at this point now I just I I just pray that Suzuki comes back soon and they can release Hayward, and we can just be done with all this bullshit. It's it's fucking what an absurd argument to be taking up to like talk about why Hayward, you know, to to be defending Jason Hayward at this point in 2022 with the Cubs, like whatever place they're in, like uh, f- fourth or fifth place at this point. Like, what a stupid uh, argument to be to be taking up. Yeah, uh, the, you remember when Stephen A. Smith got a whole bunch of heat for ripping Jake Arrieta because he didn't have any wins or, or mm. you know, something along those lines? That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of what, what this seems like, where it's like a, a guy who doesn't really know anything about baseball just decided to take up this, uh, just decided to take this stance. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, is, I, I, now I'm just saying generalities about like things like you Darvish's contract. Yeah, no, it's stupid. I mean, like... Darvish com, com, uh, contributed more to the team in that like one and a half seasons where he was like top of the line pitching than than Hayward ever did, and they got rid. They were able to trade that contract because of it. Like that's a whole thing. It's like if Hayward was producing and the Cubs could have traded him like they traded everyone else from last year, then then fine. Then like then like you know we'll we'll look to the future with the prospects. It's fucking ridiculous. And I would I would say like yes, Jack. Um, it's, it's in the same boat, but sadly, Gordon Whitmire is the beat writer for the fucking Cubs. So like he, you know, he's not a basketball guy talking about baseball. Like this guy actually covers the team and covers baseball. So it's, it's worse. Um, it's fucking ridiculous. So maybe, maybe Jason Hayward takes him for rides on his boat. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's, I mean, it's just, you know, it's like reporters are supposed to report, uh, unbiased and it's like. Clearly, like, yeah, Hayward, like, hooks him up with, like, a vacation home or, 
Like uh, maybe he took him for a tour of the the Coca Cola factory in in Atlanta or something. <laughs> I don't know, but like it's just an absurd. It's like if me and you, Jack, like uh, you know, I mean, I you know, I we can't. This is doesn't apply at this point because the guy's season is done. But it's like if we would have like you know if we would like beat the drum for Danny Mendick or something like sure. you know every week or something like like it's just it's ridiculous. It's just so stupid. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I could go on, but I'll I'll leave it at that. And okay. It's just like yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. Here are like I think here's my favorite thing about the article uh, when he asks how many how many guys on the Cubs right now the forty man mm-hmm. can be counted on as pieces for the Cubs next playoff n- n- team. Go ahead, name ten. Name ten pieces on a playoff team on a forty man roster. I, yeah. I don't think I don't think the Brewers have ten pieces for a playoff team, and they're a playoff team. Yeah, like, right. You, the, if the, you have ten, ten guys who are pieces, you you know you're in the World Series. Yeah, that, no, that's that's a that's that's why I said like it's like name what just name twenty five like name your your uh, future Hall of Fame or your future World Series winning roster right now. It's like it's fucking stupid. The Braves were like in like I don't know the Braves had a losing record and then they acquired a whole new outfield and then won the World Series. So like I don't care if there's 10, 25, I don't care if there's one guy on the roster right now who's who's going to be on the next World Series team. That it's that's that's that it's just ridiculous. It's like if he's taking up even one spot of a guy who may contribute to the Cubs in the future, he's taking up a spot and he should be gone. Like that's just the bottom line. If he if if there's one player who might help the Cubs win <laughs> one game in the future, then he then that's that's the argument to get rid of him. I mean, like Hayward is not part of the future. Uh, I think Nelson Vasquez may help let uh, help them win a game in the future. I think I, I think Clint Frazier could. I mean, like that's a that's a low bar, basically, is what I'm saying with Clint Frazier. But it's still, I think it's still a valid argument. That's how that's how bad Hayward is and how ridiculous it is he's taking your spot but anyway here's uh, here's the well just the, the next sentence though uh i don't think you read this one is he says during a recent casual conversation with somebody close to the team we came up with maybe five that's yeah. just bad reporting oh a casual conversation with somebody right. close to the team jeremy that that could have been you being close to the team looking for autographs after a game Right, right, and like he overheard me and you talking or something, or me yeah. and the security guard. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Um, I mean, and also like I, it, it doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't. What does that matter? Like, how many of them are going to be on the next? And he says playoff team. He doesn't even say World Series team. But like name ten. Like, what? What does that? What does that have to do with anything? I I don't fucking. That's a. It's stupid. And you, it's like it, I don't read the the newspaper often. I don't follow these like reporters that often. But it's like this one article would negate this guy's point of view for for any future topic. Like this is proof that this guy is not a good journalist. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I love it. So, Hashtag yeah. Cubs, Cubs rant from Jeremy right there. Yeah, yeah, I know. You you mentioned that we hadn't had a Cubs rant in a while, so I, I figured I'd, you know, I, and I was even actually going to, like, I thought that maybe I could get through that without, like, going, kind of going off the rails, but, um, but yeah, it, uh, I don't know, it was a perfect storm. Um, so, yeah, anyway. Uh, at this point, we could probably get into the game if you want. Okay, okay, why, uh, why not? Um, 
So, uh, uh, we're going to the game. We drove today, uh, so Jeremy decided to uh, drive. We wanted to go to this one because it was a bobblehead game, so we, we ended up paying a little bit more for the tickets, but we were excited. We had to um, uh, uh, go, go a little early, so the game time, uh, first pitch was 110, door, uh, doors open, gates open at 11.40 a.m., so we, we wanted to get there uh, uh, in time for the gates to open, so Jeremy drove, and he, he parked on the south side, which isn't something that, uh, that we usually do. <laughs> It's um yeah that that in and of itself is 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 uh, newsworthy I would say like um <clears throat> we you know we've never we've pretty much alluded to where we park for for Cubs games um and I'm happy to <laughs> to disclose that uh, for anyone who uh who's who's curious but um I at this point in um in uh in my life whatever I kind of I know spots to park for free for every stadium uh, except for the White Sox. Um, and that's only because I don't know the South Side very well. I've driven around a couple times before games, and I've thought I've seen spots where you could park. And so we figured this was a time to uh, to experiment and to try to make that happen. And we did uh, luckily find a spot. Um, a lot of the spots around there are do like the neighborhoods do have signs that say like no parking during ball games, which is actually funny that they they put it that way on the on the sign like no parking during ball games. Um, uh, cause I think on the Cubs, it says like no parking during Cubs games, but whatever. Um, so, um, so yeah, but we, we found this spot where it looked fine. And then afterwards, after we came back to the car and drove home, I saw a sign on that block that said no parking during ball games. I think the little zone we were parked in was actually safe, but had I seen that sign, I, I may have balked at parking there, but it turned out it was fine. Uh, we, we parked, it was about, it was about the same distance from where we park for Cubs games. It seemed maybe like it might have been a slightly longer, but it was, it, it was, it turned out to be fine, and it certainly beats taking uh, the red line home from the Sox game. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, we uh, when when we went down there too, Jeremy, uh, he kind of took a, took a, took a wrong turn on the freeway, and so uh, we ended up uh, getting off on I think it was Archer, and we had to take a left turn, and sure enough, uh, we passed uh, we passed the house that me and my buddy uh, Steve lived in when I first moved to Chicago way back in 2008. Um, yeah, Jeremy, you had never seen that house before. Um, no, you, you had, yeah, you had explained to me that you lived on the south side, and you even explained the area, but I, um, yeah, I kind of like, uh, I pictured something different than, than what it actually was. Yeah, sure. Well, what did you, uh, what did you think of that house, man? <laughs> no, you, yeah. don't have to, you don't have to answer that. Yeah, it's just I, I a note I have here is just desolate. Um, it's like <laughs> I, I I think we were in Bridgeport roughly, but like uh-huh. there's it's just like there's like the, the the I think maybe it's 57 uh Interstate 57 like the Stevenson maybe like goes through there and like so there's yeah. like there's elevated like expressway tracks and like viaducts and like just a lot of industrial stuff. It's it's just very desolate. Um, in that area, and like you know, if, if if Chicagoans, if people know like the north side of Chicago, this is like, this is still the city, but it's it's kind of industrial and and bleak and, and desolate. So there you go. Sure. Um. So yeah, that was uh. So that was a trip. I hadn't seen that house in many many years. Uh. It's got it's got 15 more years on it than it uh, than it used to. I think my buddy Steve told me that when he lived there. I think he said they used to ste- people used to steal his mail and stuff like that. So it's just uh, <laughs> you know, it's um, you know, it's it's less than ideal. Uh. But uh. But yeah. So that that was a trip. Um. Uh. But you know, eventually we were able to find parking. Uh. Not not too far away from the stadium. Uh. So that was a good deal. It was also raining. 
uh, on and off as we were driving there. So we kind of we kind of thought that the game was going to be delayed, um, but at least we didn't have to wait in the rain. Uh, well, we were waiting in line outside. Uh, it sort of led up for about the half hour that we were uh, got in line and then and then were waiting to get into the stadium. Yeah, yeah, we didn't get drenched. Um, <clears throat> it, it the rain did pick up like as, right as we got to like the front gate, but um, but yeah, it, it actually worked out pretty well. And then of course once we got into the uh, the stadium, the rain really happened and we had that that long delay. But yeah, not not too bad. Um, we uh, we we approached the stadium and I, I kind of braced Jack for this. Um, any sort of White Sox uh, giveaways, like so the White Sox take take their giveaways pretty seriously. Um, and you know we had to get there early. I, honestly, in my mind, I kind of wanted to. I think yeah, we wanted to get there at, at like by eleven fifteen. We ended up like walking up. It was almost like eleven forty when the gates opened. Um, and I wanted to try to get in line as early as possible without just being ridiculous and getting there at like fucking ten a.m. or something. Uh, but we we got up. We walked up. Um, <clears throat> kind of like near the parking lot where we normally go in. There's a gate there. And there was this crazy line um, that kind of was going down the sidewalk, and it kind of you couldn't see where it led to, and you couldn't see where it started, uh, but there was like hundreds of people in front of us, to the point like when you see that, I mean, Jack, when you see that line, did you feel like we were, did you feel like we were gonna get bobbleheads, or were you like feeling optimistic? You know, I, Jeremy, I, I, honestly, I was. Um, I, I, I thought we were gonna do it just because twenty thousand people is one fuck of a lot of people. Um, and that, that was how many people were getting them. Did you did you feel differently? Well, I mean, you got to also keep in mind that that's 20,000 bobbleheads distributed over all the entrances of the stadium, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, you know, maybe there's like 5,000 there. Um, still, like, I mean, that's that's even 5,000 is a lot of people. And like there was, although I will say there's, I felt like there's probably a couple thousand people <laughs> in front of us in line, I would say. Maybe like a thousand. I don't know. But like there's a lot of people. Um, anyway, um it it to me you see that line and you're like well we're fucked there's no there's no way we're getting uh bobbleheads um but i had gone last year uh to get uh, this like day of the dead bobblehead and what they do is they like kind of like each entrance has like about like eight lanes maybe more than that eight ten lanes whatever so that line does move pretty quick so i was um <clears throat> i was I, I kind of was like trusting the numbers and thinking like that would all work in our favor, but I was still I was still like a little nervous uh, until we like actually were like maybe like five people away from getting getting through. So, so yeah. Uh, yeah, you know it's it, it is always nerve wracking even when you get up there and you see all the boxes. You're never you're never quite sure you're going to get one until it's it's in your hands. Um, yes. But thankfully, you know, yeah, it, it was a good call to get there early. Uh, uh, all you know, all things considered. Um, right when we walked up though and got in line, uh, this old guy uh, was was going to get in line right right with us, um, or like you know right after us or right before us, and he was just by himself. And it was one of those things where we walk we both walked up to the line at the same time, us and this old guy, and <laughs> yeah. like we we weren't sure like if we were going to let him in first, and you know finally he just gestures to us and like is like yeah you guys get in line first, so we were like okay, and then he he uses that an excuse to go. Yeah, I, I don't even give a fuck anymore with the way they're playing. Um, <laughs> and it was like, wow, man, it's kind of strong, strong language to use there, considering we're we're complete strangers. Um, and, and then a little bit later, he said, "Yeah, they they can just mail it to me," um, <laughs> which was also good. He was—I don't know if you noticed too, Jeremy—he was standing very close to us. 
Um, no, I didn't notice how yeah, close Yeah, I was, was like, this guy's it. listening to every fucking word that we're saying. Um, That's funny. But I thought that was funny. We also saw some very uh, interesting characters, uh, as, as, you know, as we pretty much expected to. I can't really accurately describe this first guy, Jeremy. Do you want to take a yeah, crack at it? Yeah, sure. He was wearing okay. um, <clears throat> one of those like white. So- I guess. Well, I could. I would find out what year it was from. But this guy walked by. He was wearing like a blue White Sox jersey, like a real one. Um, there was a lot of. You, I would say a majority of the White Sox jerseys people are wearing are bootleg and not like ever. Like we're never like authentic or war- like replicas of ones that they wore on the field um but this guy was wearing like a, this blue white Sox jersey and he, he walked by and he was kind of like a, a you know a pear-shaped man or whatever and he had gray hair but he had like this weird facial hair where it like it looked like it was like a mustache and a beard but it was like i feel like it was only down like he he took a razor he took like a shaver around like his bottom lip and then like shaved everything below it so it's like, it was just like, it, and it was like very short too. And it was like, and it was completely gray. So like, it like blended in with his skin. So it was just weird. Like it was, I don't know what the the statement there was. I don't think there was any sort of like shape to it. It was just like, it, 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 it had the like look of a mustache and like what would have been a beard, but it was like, I feel like it was like, it was about like an inch, like in length. Starting from like his nose to like you know around his mouth or whatever, and yeah, just around I mean, his face, it was weird. It was like it was like sideburns, but like the sideburns were really thin, and then it went up into a mustache and like yeah. and to the other sideburn. It was a very strange look, and they weren't mutton chops either. It was just like very no. thin sideburns. Yeah, and the whole hair was short to begin with, so it's like it didn't even like really look. You, you couldn't register unless unless the guy walked right by you, which he did. And then I did hear him say to the guy, the guy with him, he's like. Yeah, this is from '69, and he was like, "Holy!" He was he like, you know, touched the jersey or whatever. So I guess it's a 1969 White Sox jersey. Um, okay. <clears throat> but yeah, that was so that was that guy. Then yeah, Jack there, saw another guy. <laughs> yeah, there was also a guy. I got a kick out of this guy. So he he looked like a, a you know a big a big biker dude. Um, I mean, if, if in terms of face, if you could just imagine like a guy from from ZZ Top, uh, really yeah. long, um, really long beard. It wasn't gray. It was uh, you know, he had like a blonde, a reddish blonde beard. But uh, yeah, he was like you know he's kind of shaped like a bowling ball, just one of those big like biker guys. He was bald, uh, with this very long beard. But he had a shirt. And the shirt uh, was a skull with a White Sox cap on it. But then the skull had a really long beard, too, that was in the same shape as this guy's yeah. beard. Yeah, and it yeah, was just yeah. like, it, it was almost like the guy had a picture of himself as a skull on his own T-shirt. It was, it was just like, a, it was an odd choice. Jack, I don't even think that skull had a White Sox hat on it. <laughs> I, I Honestly, Jack, because I asked you, like, is it a White Sox-themed shirt? Yeah. And and I don't, like, I think maybe you didn't know or something, but, like, I did get the chance to see it, and, like, I don't think it I I'm pretty sure it was just the skull with a beard on it, which he was wearing a White Sox jersey, like, open, like, over it, yeah. I think. But, like, that was just, like, some kind of weird biker shirt or something. I don't even know. But it, but it did look, the beard was, like, the same as... On the skull that was on his face too. Yeah. Which is so it's like weird. you look you look at the fucking guy's torso and it's got this picture on it, and then you look up at his face and it's it's <laughs> it's just it's him with like uh, the, the skull with flesh on it. It was, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It was a weird shirt. Um, so then uh, Jeremy and I don't enter by this uh, area too much, but we we were sort of by the very front entrance of the stadium, which uh, yeah. where where the uh, you know the some of the statues are, and uh, sometimes in that area. 
they have a, a cover band playing, um, which which we've passed before, and I think mm-hmm. we've walked past. Uh, On like I Polish just, Heritage Night, there's like a polka band that plays, and yep. you know whatever Heritage Night there is, there's like you know on Mexican Heritage Night, there's like a mariachi band that plays or something but it's pretty much right at the corner of 35th and shields which is where uh the old stadium was basically yeah and uh so it didn't really register to me at first that we were even hearing this band but uh yeah. but but we you know we were it was just kind of like ambient noise in the background uh but then you, naturally uh, uh they started playing center field um by john fogarty and uh af- after a time jeremy just said I, I sang this song better at Alice's, uh, <laughs> which was a funny criticism and true though too. It was a shitty, it was a shitty band. Yeah, and and and, and <clears throat> that's an indictment on the band, not you know a, a you know a laudatory statement by me. It's like I'm like Jesus, like I did better than than that at Alice's with this song, and these guys are playing at white <laughs> at the guaranteed rate field. So there you go. Right. Um. Uh. So we should say uh, uh here that uh we we got up and we got to we got to see the bobbleheads um or or we got our bobbleheads but right mm-hmm. before we got them there was a big there was a big log jam and uh there were people who were getting their bobbleheads in full White Sox attire and just leaving after they got the bobbleheads. Yeah, we we encountered this in two different ways. Um. I, the the most annoying one was the people who like got in line who who were like in this like you know this there was like eight lines next to each other um they would get they got up got the bobbleheads and then turn like did a complete about face and then went back through the the crowd inconveniencing everyone and like pushing through and like and like with a smile on their face and it's like why are you doing this but even before we got into the 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 queue basically um there's like it's 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 funny. It's like uh, it's like some kind of like cartoon thing because like you can see the lines feeding into like the gates. They go through. They get they they uh, get their ticket scanned. They get the bobblehead. They go through security, and then like there's this like this wall that like has netting on it, so you can't see through it. But there's a there's a turn. There's a revolving door, and then you just see people coming out of this revolving door with the bobbleheads. And these people like yeah, we're also wearing like full White Sox jerseys but they were like just walking out with like stacks of bobbleheads and then just like leaving i guess because you can't walk back in after you leave so like these people were just like leaving with the bobblehead which which is fine that happens like i've seen people do that at cubs games but they don't dress up in like complete white socks hats and jerseys (laughs) and like t-shirts like i don't know what the deal was it was absurd but like there was like there we we saw like probably like six seven people do this um yeah um, and, yeah, maybe they so. were trying to be incognito um, and like just pretend to be White Sox fans because they felt like that would get them a better chance at a bobblehead. Um, yeah, maybe. I, I, I don't know. And, you know, it, it seems stupid to wait all that time in line and buy tickets for a baseball game just to get the bobblehead and leave. I understand. And like you said, you've seen people at Cubs games do it, too. They, yeah. they do it just to just to flip them. But, um, yeah, yeah it, it's it's still a still a bad look. I mean, I, I think if you're a season ticket holder and you don't want to go to that game, you still go down. I mean, talk about having time on your hands. But, like, you know, I don't know what they sold those bobbleheads for, but you, you kind of start to value, like, what you're worth, like, in life, you know? like And, like, yeah. you know, if I'm going to make $60 on this bobblehead, uh, you know, and I have to – it's going to take two hours out of my day. Like, is my time worth, you know, $30, $30 an hour? Like, what do I get – you know, what do you get paid at your job? Like, is it – does the math work, you know? Like – <clears throat> but um but yeah like i i don't get the, the part about wearing white socks gear but anyway 
Um, so that was a weird thing. Um, I know, Jack, you talked about the bobblehead. I don't think we actually described the bobbleheads. Oh, yeah. Let's, yeah, <clears throat> describe it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So it's, I think it's called like the I Got This Eloy bobblehead. Um, and it's, 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 uh, recreating the, the concept, like this thing that happens, um, where Luis Robert will like run over to left field and catch a fly ball in front of Eloy because, uh, Eloy is not a good fielder and Robert is. And so then Luis or then Eloy will, will look, will kind of like, um, give like a death stare to Luis Robert for stealing his ball. But it's like completely understood by everyone that it's like Luis Robert should go get those balls because Eloy is a liability. Which is funny, uh, but it's odd that the White Sox would choose to commemorate that on a bobblehead, like show, like like uh, uh, like uh, displaying, like showcasing their their left fielder's uh, lack of uh, defensive acumen. Um, where it's like it's it's a they made a make a joke out of it, but it's it's actually like not a good thing. But um, you know, a fun no. a fun time was had by all, I guess. Sure. Yeah. That. I mean, that's a, a very White Sox thing, Jeremy. I mean, could you imagine like other franchises doing that? Like if uh, the Brewers made a, a Ryan Braun third baseman bobblehead, and they just they just had a had had a ball going between his legs, right? Or like a, just like a, a Patrick Wisdom walk of shame bobblehead, where like they just show him walking back to the dugout with his head down after a strikeout, like you know, a, you, a, a John Lester bobblehead where like it's like extra long, and like the guy's taking like you know like a. a a 10 foot lead off of first base, you know? Yeah. yeah right. Um, Jeremy, if the, uh, if, if the Jonathan Papelbon choking Bryce Harper, uh, incident had happened, <laughs> had happened in the White Sox franchise, there'd be a bobblehead of it right yeah, now. For sure. Um, so that's, yeah, that, that's the type of thing we're dealing with, uh, with this bobblehead, but it's also cool because you get two, basically you get two bobbleheads for the price of one. Yeah. Uh, it's a it rare, seems. you don't see too many double bobbleheads. It's pretty cool. No. So that was uh, that was rad as hell. Um, so glad. Yeah, definitely glad we got it. Uh, Jeremy, you're going to have to explain to me. So of course we did the thing once again, where we bought 500 level tickets and, uh, Went down to the 100 level. Um, Jeremy doctored up the tickets uh, like he always does. Um, but but what happened next? Uh, I think you said, Jack, you, you, there's no way for you to even comprehend like what happened. I did a lot of acting. Um, yeah. Do you want to walk us through what happened? Yeah, let's 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 try to, to do it in like a timely fashion. But basically, yeah, I did. The, the best way I could describe it was, Jack, there was a lot of acting there that, that, that happened right like that, like in front of you. But basically... Um, so, and, and, you know, I, I, maybe I should not be copying to this on the, on the podcast, but, um, you get a digital ticket on your phone and, um, as a result, it is very easy to just Photoshop in whatever section you want to sit in basically. (laughs) Um, so, um, I changed the 500 level to 100 to 100 level. And so, you know, I guess. You know, ah, touche, like, uh, you know, ticket forger. The White Sox have, have this solved. They're going to scan your ticket when you go in uh, to the, when you try to go into the 100 level. So it's like you'll be foiled, uh, anyone, you know, so, so don't even think about it. And it did happen, like, I think once where I doctored it. The guy did actually scan because sometimes they don't scan it. Actually, most of the times they don't scan it. This was like a, you know, a high profile game, like with the bobblehead and everything. So we were anticipating them scanning it, which is fine. So what I did was um, I so when they scan it, it'll it, I guess it says 500 level. It says like where maybe where your ticket is or whatever, or it's or it's like a do not admit. I don't know what. But um, but I basically because while you while you're in Photoshop, while you're in like <clears throat> this editing app, 
just go ahead over the barcode. Like it's a, actually a QR code. I just made a couple dots in there so it, it actually wouldn't scan. So then my plan was when they scan it um, and it, it doesn't like, you know, ring up or whatever, I was going to say like, oh, well, I don't know. It says right here 100. I'm not sure, you know, what, what the deal was. And you figure there's a bunch of people behind you. The guy would just be like, uh, okay, man, just go, just go. And that plan worked basically um, because I did show him the thing. He scanned it. I kind of just went through. The problem was is that Jack was also behind me and with me. And like, I kind of feel like you show one and you're saying we're together. Um, but the guy also wanted to scan Jack's ticket. Um, so so I kind of took like two quick steps in. And then he's like, oh, wait, hold on. Where's where's your ticket? And uh, I'm like, oh, uh, I, I got it here. And so then I took the I kind of took the phone away from the guy. I pretended like I swiped and then I just showed him the same ticket. Sure. And then he scanned it. And then he said then something popped up and he said like, oh, well, uh, you know, he's got a 500 level ticket and you got the 101. And uh, I was like, what? Then I then I did. Then like the acting comes out. I'm like, well, I, I don't know. It says 100 right right here. I'm not sure. And then like he he did touch my phone which then revealed that I was in like my photos app and not like my my the ballpark app. So that was uh, that was a problem. I was kind of trying to be like I don't know, I don't know. It's weird. and I was gonna say that like my friend just sent me a screenshot of it and sure. maybe the screenshot got fucked up somehow. But whatever. But then also it's like why? How did we get in? You know. So that's that's you know you hope they don't ask that question. But anyway, like I kind of started fumbling with it and then the guy goes like he did say he did say he's like. Um, he's like, I can let, he's like, you got a 100 level ticket, but he's got a 500 level ticket. He's like, but I'm going to let you both in because he's with you. And then we were like, okay. And then we just like went in. Right. So like, yeah. I don't, t- tell me if I forgot anything in that story, Jack. No, no, you, you didn't. Uh, I think I stayed silent the whole time. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, you probably uh, looked like you were watching a tennis match, just like with your head <laughs> back and forth. Yeah. Your plan, uh, your plan worked in the, uh, maybe not in the way you intended it to, but he was yeah. dealing with you probably for a good 45 seconds. Um, yeah. and there was a huge line of people behind us yeah. so at, at some point he was probably just like you know what fuck it it's just two people and and he and he let us through so yeah um it it did it did work uh if, if he'd been a real hard on about it uh and it hadn't been as crowded i don't think there's any way it would have worked but uh yeah. yeah it was a it was an ingenious plan um and i think next time you know just probably make two two tickets with two different barcodes and uh you know uh that you know maybe it'll work then yeah, it'll be funny when he tries to scan two tickets and neither one works. <laughs> like, I think that might raise some red flags. But, um, but yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like you know, it's like this is not to admit you into the stadium. This is just so they can check to make sure you have a one hundred level ticket. So it's just like kind of it's like, hey man, there's two of us. Let me show you one, and then we're fine, right? Like, like end of transaction, end of like interaction. But I don't know. So it was just weird, like. Um, but yeah, like I'll make two next time, and hopefully that works. But I also, again, don't an- anticipate us like going to like a um, as high profile of a game. But it, 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 at the end of the day, this should work. But there's also like the um, the factor of human ap- apathy, or at least White Sox employee <laughs> apathy, that also has to like play into the mix to help us get into the 100 level. Sure. So, and also, it shouldn't be that hard to get into the fucking 100 level. There's no, th- there were 29,000 people there in a 40 something thousand stadium uh you know capacity stadium even with a bobblehead on a saturday afternoon it's like man 
do what you like. You know, if this was Game Seven of the World Series, I, I, you know, you got me. But like, there's gonna be. I think there's gonna be plenty of seats available on the one hundred yeah. level. And there were. We never even came close to getting kicked out of our seats. No, and um, we sat behind home plate again. You know, so <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we uh, so anyway, we were there plenty early, so we decided to take a lap around the stadium just to kill time. Yeah, for Jack, uh, it was a victory lap. It was, yeah, it sure was. So I, I wore my wore my Expos hat today. Um, I got a comment on that and a fist bump. Some guy was like, "Expos, man, I love it," and I was like, "Yeah, for sure, man, that was cool." I also I also wore my uh, Nikki Delmonico jersey, uh, and then I, I had a, a another guy come from behind and he said like, "Hey, man, I gotta give you props on that. Like, I give you kudos for wearing that." And I thought he was talking about my Expos hat, yep. but he was talking about my Nikki Delmonico shirt. Um, I mean, I, I think he said, uh, at least I have Anderson. So he was wearing like a Tim Anderson jersey. Yeah, um, he, he was basically he basically was like, man, I got to give you kudos for wearing that shirt, man. He's like, that, you know, that takes, I don't know if he said that takes some dedication or that takes some balls or something. But he's like, yeah, man, you're, you're wearing that shirt, man. Like, that's, yeah, I got to give, give it up for that. And he's like, I think it was like, yeah, at least I got Tim Anderson. And it's like, okay, like, okay, so, okay, great. You got Tim Anderson. It's like, like, and then, uh. And then I, I kind of like joked, I, I, I interjected and I, I made some kind of joke, just some benign joke. Um, and I figured that would be the end of the, uh, interaction. And I, I, I did think of my next line in my head, but I'm like, I'm not going to say it because we're done here. But then the guy went on some more and he's like, yeah, man, you know, I got Anderson, but, uh, you know, that's just, uh, you know, Delmonico, man. Like, you know, just kind of, he kept going on. And then I, I did say, <laughs> I said like, we got to take up a collection for this guy. Uh, you know, so he could get a new shirt and the guy goes, Oh man, good one, man. Good one. And then like, and then he like, then he like, like, he was really like, like halted by my, <laughs> by my joke. Um, <clears throat> and then like, he was just kind of like went on, like he disappeared into the crowd and we, we went on our way. But, uh, yeah, that was a, that was a funny one. It was, I was, I was a little surprised that the shirt that, you know, they made a comment about, somebody made a comment about it. I'd kind of forgot that I was wearing it. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely glad I own this Delmonico shirt. He's a hitting coach now uh, in their their minor league system, um, and I th- I think the odds are the, the the odds are better that he is going to become the major league hitting coach someday than than that he's not going to be yeah. either hitting coach. I would say yeah. it's probably like seventy thirty. I I know nothing about his uh, his skills as a as a coach, but it's the White Sox, so he yeah. probably he's probably going to end up as their major league hitting coach, if not their manager someday. I mean, it's really crazy. We were talking about just, I mean, we, we make this joke all the time about how like Reinsdorf is like loyal to these guys and he like, you know, keeps his guys around and he brings them back. I mean, but like, it didn't even really occur to me. It's like Chris Getz, former, like just White Sox bum, uh, is the, like the head, like of scouting for the White Sox. And it's like, they really will like find a spot for anyone who, who like needs one, uh, that was, that spent even like a year with the White Sox. It's just crazy. Um, <laughs> Like, so, so yeah, like, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm just trying to think of some other, like LSA Ramirez, you know, will be like, he'll take over for Gene Honda, you know, when he retires. Sure. Um, uh, good God. I don't know. Like, uh, Luis Avilan, you know, will be like the head of uh, marketing. Like, it's just <laughs> like, they, they'll find jobs for all of these guys eventually. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's sad. Um, yeah. So, uh, so that happened. We saw the the uh, the pitch uh, 
the, the pitch gun stand again. Yeah. This is as as you said, Jeremy. This is like this has turned into the uh, the bus hang of the White Sox games. You know, it, we just we have to step. We have to see it see it happen. It it really is. It's it's one of those things. It's like it's must see TV. Like it's it's like we like we must try to work this into every Sox game because it's just a wealth of of material basically. Yeah. Um. This time around, there was uh, I don't even know if it was the same group or like how many people like how many different groups of people we saw. I think maybe it was just two guys, but. <clears throat> people people were were throwing and like you know everyone there is trying to throw as hard as they can which is the point but there's something about like watching some some of these guys throw that it seems like this is their like you know it's like it's like in in the movies like in a high school basketball game when you know the game's on the line and he's like at the free throw line and he like throws that 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 uh that free throw up to 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 win the game it's it feels like that for these guys throwing at this pitch gun uh stand like this this game it seems like that's what's going through their mind like when they're when they're making these pitches um so i i don't know jack i we saw a couple guys the first guy was maybe just kind of like winging it in there um but like it's just funny because there's a catcher and a batter like in like like you know at the home plate where you're throwing at so it gives you like a target but what happens is like these guys get hit in the fucking head. Like the batter gets hit in the head. The catcher got nailed right in the catcher's mask a couple times. One time a guy threw it and it bounced right off the catcher's mask and it rolled all the way back to to where I was standing, like in the middle of the concourse. Uh, and I ended up having to field it like with one hand because I was holding my bobblehead in the other. And then like I had to throw it back uh, to the to the worker guy. But. Uh, um, it's just like, it's, it's just a madhouse. Like the way that these people are like throwing pitches. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. You see the, the classic crow hop, right? Like the, the guy who was doing the crow hop, I think he threw 75 for his last pitch. Um, and he probably actually thinks he throws 75. Um, right. And he was, uh, he was so, he, he was like so cocky about it that, that you just want to break it to him and say, no man, like you, you did a fucking crow hop, dude. You don't, throw yeah. seven, you don't throw 75. It's like, do you see Lance Lynn like starting behind the mound, running up to the rubber and then throwing it? Like, that's not that's not how they measure like uh, pitch speed, unfortunately. No. But um, but yeah, good for those guys. Um, you know, I'm sure he, he enjoyed his day better um, throwing 75. We uh, continued our way around uh, the the concourse. There was like a Louisville Slugger like uh, museum set up there where a guy was like carving a bat like on a on a lathe or whatever I think it's called. Like just uh, which is pretty cool. Like that's kind of, I've been to the Louisville slugger museum and like they do that there. Uh, so it was cool that they were doing a demonstration there. They also had like a thing where, um, <clears throat> they, it's like, it's like, it's a, it was like something like touch history or something. And like, they had different like historical items that you could like touch. So they had like a bat. I don't I think it was like maybe Frank Thomas's bat or something that he, he maybe hit like a important home run with. You could, you could pick it up and pose with it. Um, but they made you put on like white gloves when, when you did it. So I saw a guy like taking pictures with it. Um, and, uh, he was wearing like gloves, but he was still like, I don't know. He was posing with this bat. So I guess that's cool. Kept going around. Um, I think before we went to our seats, uh, Jack ducked into the bathroom and I kind of waited for him outside or we both ducked in and I was like, I was out first and I was waiting and I was standing right by, um, one of these raffle ticket sellers, the 50, 50 raffle guys. And I heard the guy like saying like, you know, raffle tickets, 20, he said like a hundred numbers for $20, uh, which is like kind of crazy. Like you can buy like $5 worth, $10 worth, whatever. Um, and for $20, you get a hundred 
raffle number. So, I mean, I guess it's a pretty good deal. For $5, you get three numbers. So as soon as the guy, the, the, the seller guy goes like, uh, yeah, 100 numbers for 20 bucks. Uh, some guy like goes up to him and he's like, can I get $5? And the guy goes like, that's all you want, $5? And he's like, and the guy goes like, yeah, 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 man. I always do $5. Like, I, I, I come all the time. I always do 5 bucks. He's like, I'm good with that. That's my system. He's like, I don't want to change it up because, you know, as soon as I change it up, you know, it's going to mess me up or whatever and I'm not going to win or something. And, like, the guy's like, okay, whatever. And, like, he just sold him the $5. But it was just a funny, like, uh, kind of inner monologue <clears throat> that this guy like <laughs> laid out onto the ticket guy. And honestly, I mean, like I get it's, it's kind of a scam where it's like, if you want to spend five bucks, spend five bucks. Um, obviously if you spend $20, you get a hundred chances as opposed to three. Um, but it was just funny to hear this guy kind of like <laughs> go through his like thought process, uh, which was pretty funny. Oh man, that's fine. Yeah. I'm just- all the, all the things you miss when you're in the bathroom for you know 30 seconds longer than than the other guy um yeah yeah sorry i missed that one uh yeah we had uh, no adley rushman so one of the big uh big draws here uh for this game was being able to see uh baltimore orioles rookie adley rushman uh in his in his first season um just about a, two months after he debuted he was the number one overall pick a couple years ago uh, we were excited to see him, but he, uh, as a catcher, he had caught the previous night and he had the day off. So we missed him. Yeah. We were hoping, um, <clears throat> that somehow it would work out. He'd maybe DH or something. Um, but I was watching his, um, I was watching his, uh, uh, you know, his game usage and he had like hit a homer two nights before. So then I think they put him in there the night before the night, the, the next night to kind of ride that hot streak. And then, then it came up to like our game. And so he sat during our game. He did warm up the pitchers between innings. That was, that was as much as we got to see of Adley, unfortunately, but yeah. Jack, uh, the, uh, the, the brewer, or the, 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 brewer, the uh, Orioles, the Baltimore Orioles are coming to Wrigley field, I think uh, next month. So oh, maybe, are they now? Yeah. So maybe we should uh, try to go to one of those games and, yeah, and sure. second chance to see Adley this year. So I was, I was, I was a, l- a little happy to see that, um, that they're on the schedule. It's weird because the, the Cubs played in Baltimore this year, but apparently they're doing a home and home. Uh, so, so yeah, I don't know. So we, we should probably take advantage of that. Um, but yeah, so we were, we were waiting around. It's funny, like waiting through this like rain delay. Um, we, Jack and I were both, uh, on our phones. We, we both played the, uh, MLB pickle, uh, formerly known as Wardle, um, during the, to, to, to kill the time a little bit. Um, uh, some people ended up sitting behind us, um, and they brought, we hadn't eaten yet at this point, and like we were, I think both of us were kind of like, eh, like maybe we don't have to eat. Like obviously, if you can save some money at the ballpark, not not eating, um, you know, it's it's a, <clears throat> it, it it helps. Uh, but like you know, it's just too much, especially at the White Sox. Like they have a lot of good food there, um, and it's hard to kind of like deny the smells of all the different food there. What was completely unfair is that these people came and sat right behind us and they had bags of fried shrimp. Um, there's a lot of good shrimp stands in this city. Um, and, uh, yeah, like on the North side, you got red hot ranch, which is, uh, amazing. Uh, if you're ever, if you're not a local Chicago and you ever make it to Chicago, check out red hot ranch. It's really good. Um, there's a, there's several, there's a uh, Calumet fisheries, which is on the South side. Um, uh, goose Island shrimp, um, but I don't know. I can't quite tell where these people got theirs from, but these people sat behind us and we're eating these like fried shrimp and like they're 
absolutely delicious. And like, I was smelling that and it was just like, it was just like unfair. Cause like they brought it into the stadium and I can't even get, you can't even go get that at a stand. So, uh, it was unfair. And like they, you know, I think they ate their shrimp and left at some point, but, uh, it was, it was, it was kind of tough. So I did end up going and getting, a a heater dog, which, um, I'm a, I, I said to Jack, I'm a, I'm a heater dog guy. Uh, so that's my, that's my go-to there now. But, uh, Jack, you didn't end up getting any food, did you? Uh, no, no, I, I, I did not. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I, next time I go, I got to get one of those heaters. Yeah. You're a stronger man than I, I couldn't deny <laughs> that shrimp smell. So, um, but yeah, good stuff. What was that one, uh, uh, restaurant we went to that one time, that seafood restaurant? Um, did we went to Lawrence's Lawrence fisheries, I think, right, Jack, that's is right. that right? Yeah, that, that was the one we went to. Yeah. So that's the, that's the only one that he didn't mention, but, uh, but yeah, that one is like right by Chinatown. So I assume that that's where they got them from. Although I know my shrimp and I didn't, that didn't, they didn't jump out at me right away as being from Lawrence's, but, uh, we did go to Lawrence fisheries, uh, one night, uh, they're open 24 hours. Um, and I think we were there probably like two in the morning or something. So maybe later yeah. than that. Yeah. 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 Probably. Uh, yeah. Probably later than that. Yeah, good stuff. Um, uh, so sitting right next to us uh, was a, uh, a you know a guy and presumably his his wife. Um, uh, the guy had on a very large White Sox chain uh, around his neck. Um, it was <laughs> you know it was like one of those chains that like a rapper would wear or uh, I mean uh, it 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 was a comical chain like to, yes. to, yeah to say chain like I don't want to mislead people it was like a dog it was like a junkyard dog chain like a, a chain <laughs> link like. Like the, it was a kind of chain that Hercules, the wrestler uh, from Power and Glory, wore around his neck. It's a real chain that you would chain up like a a a, a, a motorcycle to like a fence with, like a real yeah. chain link chain. It it looked like it weighed about twenty pounds. Um, yeah, and we had a big big White Sox emblem uh, on it. Uh, and and so at the end, so first of all, I asked Jeremy, I was like, where where would you even get something like that? Uh, it, it, I mean, it looks like if you do a Google search, you might be able to buy one. It didn't look like the chain this guy had. This guy like looked like more of a high end chain than what you can buy buy online for like thirty bucks. But yeah, where, oh, where, yeah. and where and why uh, would you have this thing? At the end though, that like the, there was some like metal cup that was available. I don't know, like if, if you bought like a large soda, they'd give it to you in a metal cup or something. Yeah, uh, they were all over the stadium. So at the end of the game, about the eighth or ninth inning, this guy with the metal chain was just collecting, uh, collecting all of these metal cups. Yeah. Like he, he probably had about eight of them in a stack just that people didn't want anymore and thrown away. And I said to Jeremy, like, well, now I know where he got that chain. He just melts down those cups and he, <laughs> yeah. he makes himself, he makes chains with them. So exactly. Yeah. He might. Be, so I'm looking at this jacket um, on eBay. Um, there's a, a listing for, um, uh, this like this chain, yeah. I think maybe this is what this is, looks kind of like what he had, and like now I'm thinking that like he maybe he's the seller, <laughs> and then then he collects <laughs> those cups and yeah, just mass produces them and sells them on eBay. Uh, but yeah, thirty dollars here on eBay for this this chain. But um, yeah, yeah. And, so. and let's let's also say that this this wasn't some like thirty year old guy trying to be like no. cool or cool or funny. This guy was like sixty five. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, you know. Maybe uh like a a a warehouse worker like you know just on the verge of retirement or something. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely, what he looked like. Uh, so that was that that was a little ridiculous. Um, so that that was to our left. Uh, in front of us, we had a guy, uh, and might have been his wife, might have been his mom. Not really, <laughs> not Jack really was, sure. Jack was cutting this guy some slack by saying that that was his mom, and uh, you know, I don't know. 
I don't know what that speaks to necessarily. I think the guy was, um, I think the woman had like gray hair and the guy had a hat on, but I could tell like he was kind of maybe salt and peppery. So I think, I think they were, I think they were about the same age, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was a little, it wasn't obviously clear, like just by looking at him right away. No, but um, th- this yeah. guy struck up a conversation with this, with this pretty normal looking family of four, well, uh, right there by was him. Two- yeah, there's two parts to this thing that that happened basically. So he yeah. was with his family, I think, or like some family friends. Like there was a group of a large group of maybe like six, eight people sitting in this like this like um, group together, and and one of those was his wife or whatever. But he was standing around, and he was talking to them, and he's like, "Hey, listen, everyone!" And he was kind of like bending over to them. He was like kind of bending like in towards them, and he's like, "Hey, this the Sox had a worse record at this point in '83. Okay, that's all I'm saying." Like they had a worse record in '83, and look what you know. Look what happened there. He's like, and this kid starting the day, they're saying he's going to be the spark plug for this team. Okay, so um, you know, I you know, and then he was like kind of going on like about like the White Sox chances uh, this season. It would turn out that the White Sox lost three of four to the Baltimore Orioles, and um, <clears throat> I think maybe they did win today. So I think maybe they they are both maybe have 34 wins on the season. They do. The Orioles have a couple more losses. But you're delusional if if coming off of like even at that point they had lost two games to the Orioles. You're delusional if you're if you're uh, trying to like you know talk about how you still have a chance to to what do whatever make the playoffs or whatever um, after coming off of this horrible showing. But this guy was like he had like all the talking points basically, and I was just like and he was talking to his family who like none of them seemed to care as much as this guy did about anything. They were just like at a ball game. It seemed like, and he was like giving all these like things um, about the white Sox chances. Then like there was this family in front of us um, who were like this, like kind of just, yeah, totally normal looking family. And um, they waved hi to the guy or whatever. And then the guy like leans in over, like over a row. Cause he was like one or two rows in front of him. And he's like, do me a favor, call my number. So I have yours. And, uh, and the guy's like, oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, and, like, I don't – I maybe got the impression they were season ticket holders maybe, but then they, like, left to go sit all the way down, like, um, you know, closer to the to the field or whatever. They were just by our section to escape the rain. But then – so, like, he's like, yeah, do me a favor. Call, call my number so you so so uh, I have your phone. And then, then he's like – he's like – then, like, the, this family was, like, it was a husband, wife, and then, like, two daughters. And so he goes to the one daughter, and he's like, hey, so, uh, you know, how, you know, how are you doing in school? How were your grades? How were your grades? And she's like, they were good. And he's like, good, that's good, that's good. And, and then, and then he, like, leaned over to the other daughter, and he's like, hey, you have a good year, good luck in school next year, okay? Good luck. Have, do good in school. And then, like, then he, like, turned around and, like, went away. But, like, I don't know who this guy was. He was, like, the mayor of, like, Section 130, but, uh. Yeah. He had a lot to say about different topics. Yeah, he did. And uh, Jeremy, I, I got the vibe that when he said, do me a favor, call my number so I have yours. I don't think that call ever happened, man. Oh, no, no, I don't think so either. He's like, yeah, sure, sure, I'll, I'll do that. And like, yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't think that happened. Yeah. Um, and it, why? what for, I don't know. Um, but uh, but yeah, so uh, so they kind of disappeared. I did think I do think I may have saw him at the end. Uh, but uh, but yeah, but the, the, so this is still like during this rain delay, which I think it, I think I read it was an hour and twenty one minutes. Um, the White Sox did like kind of like as you would expect, play a lot of like rain themed songs during it, but they were all very like on the nose, and um, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of 
I don't even think they played. Uh, there's like a good Albert Hammond, like it never rains in Southern California. Like, I don't even think they played that one, but it was. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they did play some good ones, I guess. But like, it was just like it seemed like someone just searched like iTunes for rain and then just played like every song that has rain in the, in the song. Yeah, uh, yeah, they sure did. Did they play Have You Ever Seen the Rain? No, they didn't. So yeah, okay. I, as I'm as I'm saying this, like they didn't play, they didn't play like raindrops keep falling on my head. So I guess maybe they maybe they played like the second level of rain songs. But uh, but Did yeah, they play, I, uh, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I don't think they played that one either. So. Yeah, well, they, that that's now this is just a missed opportunity. You know, this is like who they they need to get back the guy who did uh, the music for Pride Night last year. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so maybe, maybe, maybe that one, uh, I guess give them credit for, but I, I definitely do think they just searched the, the term rain and just played anything that they saw. Yeah. So anyway, it was, it was a long rain delay and you know, no, nothing is better, uh, coming out of a rain delay than to see the guys, to, to see some action start stirring. Um, you know, you see the grounds crew, uh, getting the tarp off the field. Uh, you, you see, you see the first signs of players coming out to, uh, you know, to throw, or to, to, run, to run sprints along the sideline. So it's a good feeling. You're jacked up. You're ready to go. Uh, you, you almost feel, in a way, like you forgot you were there to see a baseball game. So it's good. It was, it was a good feeling. Um, everybody was in a, a, you know, a good mood. People cheered when they got the tarp off. Uh, and then, so then, of course, they go through with all the pregame ceremonies, um, first pitches, uh, the national anthem. Um, and, and, you know, remember when I said way back, like, because it's a day game, does that mean White Sox fans will be better behaved? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, this was kind of the first time that we saw that that would not be the case. Yeah, right. Um, <clears throat> the uh, national anthem is going on, and uh, we should say too, there was a very like moving like uh, ceremony before the national anthem um, where they they like let this 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 uh, little kid uh, who is like dealing with a, a health issue, like a serious health issue, like run the run the diamond and like both players like both teams like lined up along the the base paths and like had and like gave him like high fives as he like ran around the base paths which is like a very like <laughs> solemn touching moment um then they go to play the national anthem uh and the woman sing the national anthem and then uh during like kind of like a like a quieter part of the national anthem i guess uh we hear from just a couple rows in front of us uh someone yelled let's go brandon so I, I feel like um, you could have like bet, you know, like people like do uh, the snow pool in Chicago where like people try to bet like what day we'll, we'll have our first snow of the winter, sure. you know, and, and whatever day, you, if you pick the right day, you win the pool. Um, someone could have uh, there should have been a pool like, you know, where where we would hear let's go, Brandon uh, yelled at the White Sox game for the first time. Um, uh. I got to say. I gotta say, I mean, yeah. So you know, uh, so so someone yelled it during the national anthem. Uh, I will say that the, the the Baltimore Orioles manager is is uh, Brandon Hyde. Um, yeah. So maybe the guy was like trying to make a joke, uh, but I'm I, I would bet uh, you know my card collection that he wasn't. Uh-huh. Uh, he did say it, and I heard someone go like, oh, <laughs> and then like like laugh or whatever, like yeah. as if he just said like, uh, hey, uh, you know. Uh, I could I could pitch better than this guy or something like you know he he made some kind of like sweet joke or something uh but uh, he didn't he he yelled that and uh, I I do have to say too uh Jack Jack uh, was not familiar with this this phrase and I gotta say I I envy 
I envy you, Jack, for not like like knowing this phrase. Uh, yeah, because I, I mean, you know, yeah. I'm I'm fairly internet savvy. You know, I'm on Reddit a lot. I, I go on the internet every day. Um, but I did not I did not know about this internet meme. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't even. Know. I'm not even sure. I think it's like a way of life at this point. It's not even just a meme. But yeah, I wish I wish that I didn't know it either. But uh, it is it is what it is. So yeah. Uh, hey, if, folks, if you don't know what "Let's Go Brandon" means, uh, you know, Google it. Uh, I, Jeremy, I'll say this, man. All this could be avoided if the teams just didn't play the national anthem before games. Um, there's no, <laughs> yeah. there's no real, there's no real reason to do it. There's no law that says sports teams need to play the national anthem before games. Well, uh, Jack, now you're sounding like uh, <clears throat> someone who might yell, who might get, let's go, let's go, Brandon yelled at them <laughs> with this stance. This is a controversial stance, but I, I agree with you. <laughs> Sure. I, well, I mean, it, it's pointless. Uh, when me and my brother went to the NCAA tournament games in March, they didn't do the national anthem before that, and nobody, nobody batted an eye. It was like, oh, it, do you, it, were yeah. you there at the beginning of all the games? I yes, wonder if they played we it. At, we were. Really? We were. We were there for the whole fucking thing, and they didn't do the national anthem once. Um, That's interesting. Yes, it was the first time I'd ever been to like a major sporting event, and they didn't do it, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, if it's going to cause all this controversy, and if, if not everybody is going to want to just 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 get rid of it, like, but uh, you know, that's another that's another debate for another day. <laughs> I don't think it I don't think it adds a lot to the sport sports experience. Um, and at this point, I think it's probably easier to just remove it than to than to keep it. But um, but yeah, yeah you're <laughs> you're right when you say that. Uh, you know, ironically, the uh, you know somebody who might disrespect that song the most by yelling something vile during it. Would yeah. be the would be the one who would most want to keep it, right? Yeah, that's and that that therein lies the uh, quandary of of dealing with um, you know certain people in this world, I guess, because uh, <laughs> there there seem to be some double standards that uh, you know someone could be very religious, but then also like have a lot of uh, accusations sexually or otherwise sure. against them. So yeah, it's, it's odd. It's a, it's an odd world we live in. I guess. Yeah. 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 <laughs> People are very strange these days to quote, <laughs> to quote the room. Um, <laughs> okay. So yeah. Uh, but, but you know, on, on the uh, topic of uh, white Sox fans misbehaving um, in the, uh, uh, the top of the second, somebody was thrown out in the left field bleachers. There was yeah. a, a big brouhaha out there. Uh, I have no yeah. idea what it was about. No, it was weird. It's like the 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 people in the, like the left center bleachers like erupted in cheers so much so that like pl- players on the field turned around and looked and like yeah, we we did see like some security guards around that area. Um so we we're like, yeah, someone must have gotten thrown out, but like it was just, you know, it was probably chaos like down down and out there, but like it seemed it was the top of the second inning. It's like what the hell happened? I know there was a there was a rain delay, but like you know, so I'm sure people like were drunk by the by the time the, the game started, but it's like Jesus, the top someone's getting tossed in the top of the second inning, like that's that you know, I mean if, unless you're Jesse Winker, um that's <laughs> uh that's that's a weird uh thing to happen. Yeah, or the or the fuck KC guy. Uh, right from exactly. so long ago. I mean, I think he even made it to the top of the third. But yeah, yeah. people were, people were <laughs> people were chanting na 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 hey 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 goodbye um, yeah. all the way from left field so you could hear it. So there was a yeah there was a big commotion. Uh, somewhat closer to us um, was uh, was who I'm going to call the fan of the game here. Uh, yeah. It was it was an absurd. Th- this happened in the in the bottom of the seventh inning. So let's let's just describe for you first what happened in the bottom of the seventh inning. So the Sox were. 
I think they were down two to one or three to one. They were still in the game. Um, yeah. Lance Lynn had had a good outing, um, and so Larusa chose to let him pitch the seventh. He would later say, like, "Oh yeah, I thought that was I thought he that was his inning." Like, which is that's a great reason to leave a guy in just because it's because it's his inning. Right. Um, so uh, anyway, Lynn loads the bases. Uh, I think he let a run a run score. So that that might have been three to one after he let. So they might have started the inning in a two to one game. Anyway, Lynn loads the bases. He gets pulled by Larusa. Uh, and they bring in Jose Ruiz in a three-to-one ball game. Uh, Austin Hayes is the hitter. Uh, uh, Ruiz promptly gives up a three-run double to Hayes, uh, and all of a sudden it's a six-to-one game, and the White Sox are just totally out of it uh, and about to lose their third in a row to the Orioles. So, like the the stadium at this point, the fans were just fucking you know apoplectic, not really booing, just like you know just uh, general uh, general dismay throughout the stadium. So I can only guess that the reason this next guy was thrown out is that he must have either yelled something obscene at uh, Tony La Russa or the White Sox or the opposing team. I don't know. But it, it feels to me, Jeremy, I, you know, tell me if you disagree with me, it, it feels like it had to have been related to that collapse. Yeah, I, I speculated that he may have um, <clears throat> said a, uh, a, a term to, like, Jose Ruiz uh, or something like uh, that, um, you know, that would be uh, an instant uh, ejection sort of situation, a hot button word, basically. Sure. Um, yeah. To me, I, I think this guy looked like, if, if we can give our listeners a, a description uh, of, of what yeah. he looked like, I, I think he looked like his face, he was fatter than this, but his face, and it, it uh, let's, let's just say this before we say anything else uh when you're that much of an asshole as this guy was to like get yourself kicked out of a game and make a big scene it's free it's free reign for anybody to say whatever they want about you yeah so, i would say so yeah so we can just we're just gonna shit on this guy but also laugh about it because because why not <laughs> but he he looked like glenn glenn jacobs the wrestler who played kane oh, sure. um like if you see pictures of glenn jacobs bald when he was wrestling, he's like the mayor of a town in Tennessee now, and I actually think he had a pretty controversial tweet about Roe versus Wade. Oh, <laughs> maybe he's, he's um, the guy. He yeah. might have been the guy who. Oh, you, go ahead, say it. Jack. I was just gonna say he might have been the guy who yelled, "Let's go, Brandon." I don't yes, know. Maybe he sorry. was. Maybe he was at the game there. Same page. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah. So this guy looked like Glenn Jacobs. He had he had the type of face of Glenn Jacobs, mm. and when he talked, he uh, or just in general, his face like you know. Uh, they talk. People have resting types of faces. This guy had like a resting, sarcastic face. Jeremy, yeah. you know, you know how, Wise you know guy. how you, yeah, you know how your face crinkles up sometimes, what, like right before you're about to say something sarcastic, like your face <laughs> will just kind of crinkle up. That's yeah. perpetually what this guy's face looked like. Yep, yep. I think that's a pretty good, um, <clears throat> pretty good explanation or description. I'm trying to think of like what, what like what my my stab at it would be like. He, I mean, I, I, and again, I, I, I hate to um, like kind of just like bring up like blue collar jobs, like to, sure. <laughs> like associating White Sox, because like in no way do I want to denigrate like the people who do those jobs, um, because those people are actually doing something as opposed to people at White Sox games that are just like at best just like being belligerent or standing in front of you, you know, so like um, but like. He looked like maybe he might have been like a plumber or something. He sure. looked like maybe he could have been an offensive lineman who like, but in like high school, like he kind of like uh, R.I.P. Tony Siragusa who just passed away, but he kind of looked like maybe a Tony Siragusa, but, but a guy who was never an athlete, sure. you know, 
Um, do you know but, who Do you know who Don Barris is? Is comedian named Don Barris? I I know the name, but I don't yeah. know what he looks like. He's kind of obscure. It, Barris is spelled B A R R I S. Immediately, mm-hmm. it, it yes. struck me that this guy looked like Don Barris. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I'm googling uh, him right now, and uh, I think that's yeah, that's pretty good, Jack. If if this guy had like black hair, because the guy also had like that's the thing is like he took his hat off at one point, and he had like longer like wavier hair or something and i was like is this guy young or old but he i'm sure he was an old i think he was like in his like late 50s or something maybe mid or late 50s but he he had the hair where i'm like is this just like kind of like a husky 20 year old guy but this guy was in his 50s right jack (laughs) jeremy i had the same thought man it was it was impossible to place this guy's age yes i i my first instinct is that he was in his 50s not his 20s but but when he took his hat off i'm like his hair he's He's got the hair of a guy who thinks he's in his 20s. So. Yeah, he had the other hair, uh, Adley Rushman hair. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it was kind of like like a little floppy a little bit. It was weird. Like yeah. not the kind of hair you would expect from like a, you know, a Southside kind of guy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, they, they kicked the guy out initially and, uh, you know, he's walking he- up the aisle and yeah. as he's as he's walking up the aisle and like being escorted out by these security guards, people are people are giving him fist bumps. Yeah, um, he's he's slapping fives. He's giving fist bumps. Yeah, um, yeah. and like I we should say too, like the he, there were two guys. There were two guys with him initially, um, and like the one guy would do like the one white the 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 two White Sox security guards. And initially, when they they kind of started like marching him out, and the guy kind of like agreed to go, he he seemed a little hesitant, and he he had that like wise ass smirk on his face, and his head kind of cocked to the side a little bit, and. Um, uh, he seemed to, to, to go with them slightly begrudgingly, but, and like the, the, the one, the lead, uh, White Sox security guard would like turn his back on it and then start marching forward. And then a couple times the, the guy who was getting thrown out stopped and the, the, this White Sox guy had to turn around see that the, he was now like, you know, five, 10 rows in front of him and then go back. And then like he did, I think he did one other time too. Um, but eventually they, they did go, they did kind of like get up to the top of the stairs or they disappeared somehow. So it's like, they were, they were gone at some point. Yeah. Um, they, they were, uh, and, and yeah, as he was walking up these stairs, yeah, he was getting fist bumps and slap mm-hmm. of fives from, from random people. It, it almost reminded me of like, you know, when Mario would get like a mushroom and he would get a little bit bigger. It's like with, <laughs> yeah. with every, with every slap of five, with every fist bump this guy got, yeah. he maybe, he maybe began to realize that, Hey, like, you know, maybe maybe they shouldn't have kicked me out after all. So <laughs> yeah. initially when we were watching this guy, uh, it distracted us from the game. Uh, and it was just it was ridiculous enough to where like I, you know, Jake Berger was he struck out and I didn't know if he was called out looking or if he swung. So I, I looked at Jeremy and I, I was like, hey, like, what happened there? And Jeremy was like, ah, who cares? Let's just look it up later. Like, because yeah. like what was happening with this guy was too good. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. um, you know, once the guy was gone, uh, Jeremy got on his phone to look up MLB.com and see what the strikeout was. And we kind of both started paying attention <laughs> to the game again. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we look over and sure enough, this guy, this guy is back down like, uh, he was just a couple rows behind home plate. Yeah, he's like third, fourth row or something. Yeah, and we see this guy, and his, he's wearing a Luis Robert jersey, and he's yeah. wearing one of those red White Sox hats. So we just see his big red White Sox hat and this Robert jersey, and he's back. Like, he's back, yeah. and he's uh, he's uh, he's arguing with the security guards again. 
Yeah. Like something <clears throat> compelled him to come back, and somehow he got away from these security guards who were escorting him out. They probably just were walking forward and like didn't turn around to see him go back. But right. he, he comes back, and, and now the situation begins to escalate. Yeah. <laughs> it escalates a little bit, and... Um, uh, I think I think this guy was already there was a guy there now in like a the White Sox security guards wear black polos. This guy was wearing like a maroon polo. Yeah. And you could tell he was like maybe like the, the manager, like the head of security or like higher up on the chain. And now he's in, in, in this guy's face, like like pleading with him, like he's like gesturing to like the, uh, you know, the, the top of the stairs, like, please, sir, like, please, you have to exit. You have to go. You have to go. And the guy takes on this like kind of like. At this like uh, elevated um, uh, body language, and I, in my mind, he's he has his hands crossed in front of his 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 body, like kind of resting against his stomach, like kind of like he's you know he's holding his hands in front of his stomach, like just I can't I can't explain it, but like you know he's just like standing there, like like kind of like biding his time, like like hold, like holding his hands, like <laughs> politely listen hearing this guy out, and like. He has his head like cocked to the side and he's got that smirk on his face and he's kind of like, you can say he's kind of, you can see he's kind of saying stuff out of his ear or out, out of the side of his mouth. And like, he like, so we, we both have like our, uh, our impressions of this guy. But like, to me, he was kind of saying like what I was imagining him saying was like, well, my friend, the way I see it is that I shouldn't be kicked out of the game. The way I see it is I should be able to yell whatever I want at this game. <laughs> I don't know if you want to take a stab at it too. No, Jeff, that's but. uh yeah, that's that's good, Jeremy. I mean that yeah. yeah, that was essentially it. That that had to be how the guy sounded with the way yeah. he looked. There's no there's no way. Um so th- the situation escalates. There's now about six security guards and this this head honcho guy here too. And the head honcho yeah. guy is pretty pretty big, but he's an old guy with gray he, hair, but it's yeah, like yeah. he looked like an ex cop or something. Like he yeah. wasn't he wasn't fucking around. So then, to me, the most ridiculous part of the whole thing is that after after exchanging <laughs> words for about a full minute to ninety seconds, the uh, th- this guy, uh, Luis Robert guy, he he makes a dash for one of the aisles to like try to sit down, yeah. either in his previous seat or just a seat that was unoccupied. I, I don't know. It was almost like something from I think you should leave. Where like a, t- a Tim Robinson character had just exhausted every possible like argument, and yeah. then he just decided to try to like do something physical to like sit yeah. down. Um, yeah. and, and what I want to know is what what was this guy thinking? Like, did it, right. did he think that like it was such a childish move? Like, did did he think that if he sat down, they were gonna be like, well, all right then, I guess that's the end of it. He was able to, <laughs> he was able to sit down. You know, let's just go. Like, what what did he think? No, I think I'm gonna go sit back down. I'm gonna sit right here. Thank you very much. You know, and trust us, trust us when you hear this voice. This is what this guy, like, sounded like. I have, I have full confidence that this is what this guy sounded like. But, yeah, I even think he tried to sit down in the, in the aisle at some point, like on the yeah. stairs in the aisle. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, and the security guards were in a, were in a tough spot because, like, it's, it's a baseball game. It's a family event. And, like, you know, roughing, you, you can't rough the guy up. Like there, right. you know, right. because it's going to upset people. It's not like you're at a bar I mean, or a strip club where like the bouncers can just like take you out back and fucking, you know, punch the shit out of you. Yeah, it's I, not that. I almost want to I almost wanted I, I meant to watch the uh, to like go back and look at the the broadcast because I almost feel like some of this was maybe on camera during sure. the game because they were really just like 
um, they were really like third, fourth row right behind home plate. All of this was going down, which also means that that guy, either he snuck down there or he paid like, you know, 250 bucks for those seats and got himself tossed. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so so I will say there was like the three of them up there, the three security guards. And then we did see like three more security guards kind of descend upon him. And at that point, when the head of security, because the guy's back was, uh, he was facing the field and the uh, the security guard was facing him. And so the security guard could see behind uh, the, the guy who was getting tossed. And so over his shoulder, I think he saw like the three, like, uh, you know, uh, backup show up. And I think at that point he escalated the situation and he's like, all right, that's it, buddy. Like, let's go. And like, they, they started now pushing him up the aisle. Um, and then those three reinforcements showed up and then they did, they did put hands on the guy and like, like physically force him out. But I will say as soon as like they started pushing him, he, he did start walking again. Um, he kind of like, he kind of copped out a little bit, like, like now that there was, he was outnumbered six to one. I feel like he kind of like, he kind of just like, kind of like gave in and like, let them take him away. Uh, but it was funny because the, one of the new guys who showed up, you know, he could tell like that this guy was an asshole. So he grabbed the back of his shirt and was like, like just grabbed a handful of his Jersey and was kind of just like forcing him up the aisle. And the, the, the Jersey, the neck of the Jersey was getting like stretched really big. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, uh, like you said, Jeremy, it was like the the jersey was down to his shoulder blades. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. yeah, like th- th- you know, th- this guy looked like freaking uh, Jose Altuve crossing home plate after uh, you know after you hit a walk off, <laughs> like trying to rip his jersey off. You know, right. like yeah, the whole thing was ridiculous. And then did people kind of clapped, but they didn't when the guy was like escorted out. Just yeah. just no no idea what happened. But uh, you know, sure enough, as he was being escorted out, though. Jeremy and I didn't try to hide how hard we were laughing. Like it was just, no. it was God, it was goddamn funny, man. Yeah, because at that point we were really leaning into the voice and like just, it was just a freaking spectacle. And yeah, it's just like I, it's like uh, I don't know. I, I, it was just, it was just really funny to watch. And you know, we were just really losing our our shit over it. Um, the thing about it, Jack, is like the reality of the situation is there are no like if you go to the Cubs game, there are like exits basically in the middle of the bowl, right? So like if you're like in the first row of the field like facing the stands and like you know this there's steps going up, you know, up 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 to the concourse whatever. There's two main aisles like at at Wrigley and then there's like exit there's tunnels in both uh sections. Uh with the with the White Sox, there's like 35 rows um, you have to walk all the way down 35 rows to get to the f- first row and you have to start at the top of the concourse. So they had to bring this guy up like 35 rows. Basically, there's no other exit over there, Yeah. which means that like he, they got all the way up there and then he went back down 35 rows when he like, when he like <laughs> ran away from them, which is just crazy. Um, and, uh, so like, yeah, I wish that we saw that happen because yeah, we took our eyes off of it, assuming it was over. And then like, yeah, to our amazement, he was back down there and, you know, and like, yeah, I don't think I'm leaving. Like, you know, like, and like, it was just, it was hilarious. It was really just one of the, one of the funnier fan interactions we've seen. 
It was, it was, and it was just, it was the whole thing very White Sox. Um, yeah, only at a absolutely. White Sox game. Uh, so yeah, t- uh, bottom of the ninth inning rolled around. Uh, White Sox were still losing six to one. Most of the people in the stadium were gone. There was this one guy behind home plate. Again, he was in like the scout seats. He had you know third row tickets. He just he just gets up and he just starts clapping as loud as he can and he starts yelling to people around us like, "Come on, we paid a lot of money for these seats. We need to cheer this team on." Um, yeah. And yeah, the the whole thing was just, it was just kind of sad. I, I'll give the guy credit for being probably the biggest White Sox homer in a stadium of twenty nine thousand people. But yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't know if the guy thought. I, actually, I shouldn't say I don't know if he thought. I think he did think that he could single handedly will this <laughs> team to victory. Yeah, for sure. I and and Jack, I don't think I'm not sure if he was. Um, <clears throat> I mean, he was definitely trying to get everyone to cheer with him. But like when he yelled that, I think maybe he was yelling at someone who told him to sit down. Oh. I think I think someone behind him said, "Hey, sit down, buddy." And he's like, "We paid a lot of money for these seats. We got to stand up and cheer for our team." Uh, so I think that it was like a belligerent sort of like yell, but he was like positive energy. But like, I think, you know, to the detriment of this guy who couldn't see past him, I think someone like yelled at him to sit down. Um, so of course, like, yeah, like, you know, stepping over this guy to like, try to like stand up and make, (laughs) make yourself like the head cheerleader of the team. But it was, uh, he was yelling and just animated and he looked like a wrestler again. Like he had like, he looked like the guy, like big K, the, the, uh, the guy who threw out, who threw the uh, uh, asshole first pitch at the last Cubs game we were at. He had like long, curly. He had like, like kind of like curly, shaggy hair, and like I think he had a bandana on also, and like um, yeah, just a complete loudmouth. He he was, um, and eventually he did he did sit down. Um, I think yeah. even he realized that the White Sox were not going to come back in that one. No. Um, as the game ended, some guy, just some random like twenty something guy, walked up the aisle and asked the people next to us uh, if he could. I guess if he could buy their bobblehead. I thought he was asking them if he could just have their bobblehead, which had, like pissed me off initially. <laughs> um, but then Jeremy and I got into a discussion of like how much we would be willing to sell our bobbleheads for. I think we landed on sixty dollars. I, I I would have probably sold that thing for sixty bucks. Yeah, I was um <clears throat> I was saying if if someone if I legitimately wanted to sell it, I would I would probably say sixty. If someone asked me uh, how much I would sell it for, and like I had no interest in selling it, which I don't, I would have said maybe two hundred dollars. Um, looks like they're going for about like fifty, sixty bucks on eBay. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> so yeah, I guess if you want to, you know, if you want to make a, make a buck, uh, selling it, but, um, it's a pretty cool bobblehead. And so I'll, I'll be holding on to mine. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, yeah, the, the people next to us had like two or three, like in a bag, in a seat in front of them. So like, um, I don't know, like, I, I guess you see someone with three and you'd think maybe they would want to sell one, but they're probably bringing it home for their kids or their grandkids or something. So, um, but yeah, so the game ended, we, uh, kind of like shuffled out of there and like a lot of people leaving for the exits and like, you know, there's like, I, I mean, I'm sure some people left before the game. I mean, hell it was, uh, what was it? Six to one or something? Six to, was it, was that what the final was for? Uh, yeah, six to two. I think the, the Sox ended up scoring one run in the, in the ninth. That's right. Yeah. So, so yeah, six to two and like, um, but so some people left, but there's still like a lot of people like f- shuffling out. I mean, there's thousands of people trying to shuffle out of the stadium at once. And like, it's like, you're just trying to, everyone's trying to get out of the stadium. And there was this fucking doofus in front of us, this big, tall doofus, um, uh, who kept turning around, who was like walking 
but then would turn around and still kind of keep walking. And he was right in front of us. And like, it's like, and like, I kept charging at this guy and he turned around like, what, Jack, like four or five times? Yeah, at least just every, he would take like three steps and then he would turn around and then he would take like three more steps and he'd turn around again. And it's just yeah. like, dude, if you're waiting for somebody behind you, just just wait. Don't yeah, keep just walking. Move, pull, pull over, pull to the side, and like and like and wait. But yeah, and so like I was right behind him, and so I kept actually every time he turned around, I kind of like walked faster and and kind of darted right at him. Yeah. And eventually, after like the third or fourth or like the fourth or fifth time that he turned around, I just walked past him, and I think he was with some like two guys next to him, and I just kind of like. I like intersected there, like I like I split their group because like this guy needed to be taught a lesson to not keep turning around. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and, and what's worse is that he looked like a fucking goofball. Like he had like he looked like like goo- he had like googly eyes and like I feel like he had like stupid glasses and he just looked like a doofus. And it's like get get out of my way, dude. Yeah, it the it was it was ridiculous, and so right as we like uh, you know shook ourselves of that guy, uh, th- there was this this dude we saw. He was he was a bald guy, and he had two beer cans uh, positioned on his head like antlers. Um, yeah, Jeremy, I, I don't understand it. Um, were they glued to his head, or did could, he, could they just stay on his head? No, so um, the uh, the little like kind of cup at the bottom of the beer can and a and a shit and a bald head. Like you can suction them to to your head, so that's what that guy was doing. Um, uh, years ago, my wife met a guy at the airport who like d- clearly did this for a living, like made appearances as like the beer can head guy or whatever, and he could put like eight on his head or something. Jesus. Um, and my, my my wife got like like took a picture with him or took a picture of him or something with the beer cans on his head at the airport. So this guy was like doing his tricks at the airport. I don't know how he got the cans through security, but, but this guy like did it for a living. This guy, the guy at the white Sox game was just doing it. And like, he was also like, not, he wasn't making any deal out of it, nor was anyone like making a big deal about it to him. Uh, so like some guy actually went up to him and he's like, yeah, so I think we're going to meet uh, bill over by uh gate five or whatever. And he's like, yeah, okay. All right. Uh, and then they just like left and the guy walked down, like we, we, we left the stadium. We go down like the ramps, you know, and we circle around you go in like that endless loop of ramps until you get to the bottom floor. And we just kept seeing the guy and the guy was just walking out like it was normal with, with two beer cans, suction cup to his head. But again, that's what you get for going to a White Sox game. That's what you see. Yeah. And so as we were walking out, just one final, one final insult, uh, uh, we were walking back to our car. I think it was was it down Shields that we were walking. Yeah, we walked up Shields uh, back to the car, and um, this was only like a block. We were I feel like we were still like kind of maybe we were just north of like that parking lot, um, but we were still like right by the uh, the stadium basically. Yeah, and so there was this guy, this city worker with like a, a city truck, and he had a, a cherry picker on the back of his truck, and he was. Like he was loading like branches into uh, he, from the sidewalk and like big big parts of tree trunks and stuff into a uh a, 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 a what do you call it? like a the the pickup like the, the back of the yeah truck. the dump truck type of yeah. section like the, yeah it it was like it was it was like um like a claw arm like yeah. I don't know what you what you call that thing now we, now we sound like now the White Sox people would make fun of us for not knowing the name of a <laughs> heavy construction machine but like sure. it was the it was like the the claw machine and he was like he was just this big massive of human 
sitting in this little chair and he was like kind of like backward like he was kind of like like uh just like like just just poured into the seat and just like like leaning back on this chair with the the joysticks in front of him and controlling this claw arm and this claw arm was just like swinging around <clears throat> dropping to the sidewalk picking up like branches and like the broken pieces of of tree it had he had this weird like brush thing this weird like huge like industrial size bristle thing that like i don't know if that was like fell or he was using that to sweep it looked kind of like bristles like he yeah. was, I don't know if he was like sweeping up the sidewalk with it, but then he picked that up and put it in the in the dump truck part, and was just picking up these things. And we were gonna walk by the 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 arm, the 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 the, the grabber arm, whatever. And like Jack was like, uh, "Is it safe to walk by here?" And I'm like, "I don't think so." I'm like, "Let's cross the street." And like we crossed over to the other side, and this guy is just like willy nilly like swinging his arm around, picking up these things, but like. It's like a block north of the stadium and like there's thousands of people like walking up this street and he's just like swinging his arm around like and like with this huge vehicle parked in the street. And it's like, what is going on here? Like it seemed like he was going rogue. It seemed like he just like (laughs) took this this truck and like cut cut off some branches of a tree and then was just picking them up while the White Sox game was letting out. Like who would allow that work to happen amidst like all these people like it was just weird and he was the only guy like normally when like a a city work is happening and there's a big truck there's like a crew of guys and this was like the only guy there yeah it was the weirdest thing that's it's the only time i've ever seen a guy operating a piece of heavy machinery um a that close to live people but b by himself he was totally he was totally by himself it's like yeah it's like he had stolen the truck like you said you know who he looked like did you ever see the movie wally uh no, Wally like the uh, animated the, the one, the Pixar one. Yeah, he looked like one of the humans in the movie oh, Wally. Okay, uh, you know, so that that's not a flattering comparison, but that's what he to, looked like. To me, he looked like King Kong Bundy, <laughs> okay. the wrestler. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, but it was it, it, the whole thing was completely inexplicable. But yeah, but by the way, I'm just I'm only going to like um, <clears throat> compare White Sox game attendees to professional wrestlers from now on i think it's just <laughs> it's a fait accompli like it's like there's no point in trying to say that they look like anybody else but someone who appeared in the wwf so <laughs> so yeah that's yeah that i think uh yeah that that's a wow well. you know you know what king kong bunny looks like jack um i've only seen old g- king kong g- bunny g- give a quick quick Google image search of King Kong Bundy. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll look up that if you look like a human from Wally. Okay, yeah, because I just did King Kong oh, Bundy. Okay, yeah, like, that's that's good right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah. Okay, I. Oh yeah, and he's even sitting in the in the chair. Just in like the chair. The yeah, that's yeah. that's what I what I was going for there. So, yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. 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 I think um we've I think we've pinpointed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, so that yeah, that happened. We drove home, and uh, yeah, that that was the whole game. But it was uh, yeah, it was an eventful one for sure. Yeah, definitely a front-loaded adventure on this one, but um, it was all made up for by the the wise guy getting th- getting tossed in the in the seventh inning. Um, yeah, just uh, just just another day at the old ballpark. Um, but uh, but yeah, the bobblehead was cool, and we got to knock a team off of the uh, list. So we we now have a record for the Orioles. The Orioles are one and zero when we see them. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, we'll see how many more we can knock off from that list of teams we've never seen before. But uh, I think it was like six maybe going to this game. So now we're yeah. down to five, I think. That's right. So, uh, yeah, maybe we'll get one or two more before the year is out. 
Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that'll do it for this episode. Um, uh, there was uh, there was a uh, I, I made reference to it earlier, but there was a you know we're, we're earlier today was the uh, the big Jesse Winker brawl with the uh, Mariners and Angels. Uh, there was a funny news story. Um, Jack, I don't know if you remember the girl, the little girl. Do you remember the little girl who was at the game where Joey Votto got thrown out? Yes. So that girl was also at this game. Really? And she was there to see Jesse Winker and, and Eugenio Suarez. You're kidding. No. There's a picture of her on Twitter, like, crying, which is, like, sad, but also just too too sad to, to not laugh at. It was just, like, too funny. She She's like the Nick Castellanos of little girls. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, or like the Forrest Gump of like baseball brawls or something. Right. Like, yeah, it's so hilarious. Like the mom posted a picture of her and she's like crying. Then it showed a, it turned out that like she uh the same way that Joey Votto like signed an autograph for her and said like I'm sorry for getting thrown out of the game. I think Jesse Winker also did that for her. So, I mean, this girl's cleaning up. Like she keeps missing these players, but she's getting these amazing autographed baseballs and and meeting these these players. So, it's way better than just seeing them play in one game and, you know, probably going one for four or something with a single, you know? So um, it's pretty cool, but it's also crazy that that happened and, and sad, but also funny. And uh, yeah, just crazy that that happened again. Yeah, it is. What, yeah, what, what are the odds, A? And B, Jess, I remember Joey Votto apologized for getting thrown out. Jesse Winker mm-hmm. should have been like, yeah, I'm sorry the Angels are barbarians. Right, I know, I know. It's like, it's like I'm sorry I got thrown out, but are you kidding me with this? Yeah. Like, we didn't even hit Mike Trout, but but they threw at me anyway. Um, so so yeah, so that uh, yeah that I'm sure that'll be a bigger story as uh, you know as more people like talk about the brawl and stuff. But uh, just happened uh, just a few hours ago. So, but uh, but yeah, on that note, um, I think we should wrap it up. Uh, definitely follow Rain Delay Theater uh, on Twitter at Rain Delay Pod and hashtag uh, Rain Delay Player of the of the day. Yeah, absolutely. We will see you next time. I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. Later. Later.